Hi guys, and welcome to the second episode of Generic Discussion, Chris's Thoughts. Sorry for not posting in a while, um, I have just been very busy, hectically busy in fact, as I've started a new term at university, uh, and I've also been working and trying to get a lot of stuff done. We haven't uploaded an actual Generic Discussion podcast with Jamie and I recently, mainly because, well, we haven't sorted out a time, because... One, I've been busy, and I'm sure Jamie's been busy as well. Don't worry, they'll come back soon, though, um, if you miss Jamie. I haven't kicked him off. I haven't taken my taken the ball and gone home, as it were. I haven't stopped him coming over or stopped him using the equipment. Um, but, we'll, yeah, we'll schedule we'll schedule a slot in soon, and then we'll smash a couple out, um, properly get into the topics and research them as well, which would be good. Um, so this podcast is not going to be too long. I'm literally free-balling it. Um, it's going to be on like uh, the recent Brexit stuff because I, I do want to start a little, uh, like a, a small series on this one, um, just because Brexit negotiations are ongoing and they're very interesting. Um, even though from the outside it doesn't actually look like much is going on, which to be frank, this week not too much has gone on. Um, but we'll round it up in a bit. Well, actually, that's a lie. Boris Johnson's speech happened, but that was pretty boring. Um, but we'll go through that in a minute. Um, let's get our sponsorships out of the way very quickly. Um, we're sponsored by Beach Bodies and Benching, uh, Instagram account where you can get, and I quote from what they've given me to say, all of your fitness needs from fitness equipment to fitness plans, weight loss plans, strength gains plans. This is obviously a lie. Beach Bodies and Benching is simply an Instagram account that I run with two friends. And we literally just post ourselves lifting on there. It's very, very entertaining. Um, we don't actually have many followers. So if you want to go find it, Beach Bodies and Benching on Instagram. And it's a hell of a time. On to our next sponsors. Uh, we don't have any. So that was very quick. Anyway, let's go move on to the Brexit negotiation. So um, this week has been been a pretty standard week to be honest to give a roundup of where we were so as everyone knows um in december uh they finally agreed that the brexit talks and move on to phase two so they had negotiations so we all right so take it back so in march we triggered article 50 and it took until about november time or i think it was october to then schedule the first set of talks and then at those first set of talks in december right they decided what the agendas for the next year of negotiating is going to be. So it took eight months or so for them to actually um, negotiate and decide what the agenda for each set of talks is going to be. And then it took them nearly a year to start them um, because we're starting them very soon. So in the... In so they had phase one in December, phase two, which is around now. In phase two, um, they're, they're talking about the big one, which is the Nor uh, Northern Ireland, Southern Ireland border, hard border, and also trying to source out some sort of um, trade agreement. I mean, that's been in the news at the moment, customs union, single market, that sort of thing. But first, to start with Boris Johnson's speech, quite frankly, it was a bit bullshit, wasn't it? So he essentially said, let's unite Europe around this Brexit vision. 
and he was essentially going on about how it's going to be a really good thing. He was trying to unite the country because everyone's has sort of been divided since the whole Brexit um, referendum before the EU referendum happened. Um, and he was trying to say essentially that the Brexiteers or the ones who voted for Brexit should not gloat. Um, they should not rub it in the faces of the Remainers. Um, we should be, you know, we should unite under one. Uh, agenda and one flag and we should look you know look to the happy side essentially he said it um it's going to be a very liberal brexit it's going to be good we're going to um, it's going to be a good thing for the country we're going to have good relations with the eu his um his his phrase you know the turn of phrase he said was leaving the eu was not a great v sign from the cliffs of dover um which everyone picked up on but pretty much it in my opinion, he's just trying to line himself up for um, for the prime minister's spot. Really, he's still trying to be this. He, he's had a, in the last two years. He's been very strange because everyone knows Boris Johnson. He's a bit of a character. He was obviously um, mayor of London around time of the Olympics. He was that you know he, he was that guy essentially. Everyone had a pop out. Everyone had a laughed at. But you know everyone sort of liked him. You've if you. Th- Disliked him, you just thought he was an idiot, which he sort of is. But then he had that your classic British sort of persona. He's got that Churchillian uh, approach about him. Um, he clearly models himself on him. But he tries to be that classic Britishman, that bumbling Britishman, as it were. But so he was. He of, he's obviously for the hard Brexit. He wants a hard Brexit. And during the EU referendum, he was the one pushing that we should definitely come out three hundred fifty million a week towards the NHS, which was obviously a lie that that's never going to materialize is it um but yeah he want, he really wanted to come out he thought it was a really bad idea but then when david cameron stepped down he announced he wasn't going to go for the leadership which was very strange and so he's a bit of a snake really isn't he 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 essentially stabbed his mate cameron in the back because david cameron wanted him to um join you know the remainers he would have been a big plus to them because he's quite an influential figure um and then he stabbed him in the back so it, popular opinion of him just hit hit the floor um in my opinion i've never seen it sway with one politician as much as it ha- happened with him even now really um but now he's come out and he's doing you know they've got these brexit um speeches that they've been dubbed um theresa may just did hers um but yeah they're doing these brexit speeches and his uh, as the foreign secretary his one he hasn't actually talked publicly for a good year or so it was trying it was essentially reiterating what his speeches during the eu referendum were that britain's going to be a good thing there's a lot of good opportunities to trade with the world for britain um we're essentially it comes down to we're bigger than the eu and we're missing out on opportunities because of the eu um but that we're still going to have good relations with the eu and they're all not that bad so it's a bit of a strange speech. Um, people said, and I do agree, that it was more of a speech towards his party because at the moment we don't even know what um, what direction we're going with with the negotiations. So this is a main point I want to pick up on. We're heading into these negotiations and Theresa May straight away um, in phase one, she said, this is what I want, this, this, this. Um, she went very aggressive. Now... Uh, the council, EU council, essentially looked at her and went, "No, they hold all the cards, and they will want they they will most likely want um, the EU, no, the, sorry, the UK's um, Brexit to go not badly. No one wants it to go badly, but they don't want it to be easy because they want it to act like a deterrent. 
So if you, whether you like the EU or not, um, you can't you can't not admit that it's very bureaucratic. Not many people know what goes on there. I mean, I only really recently learned properly about it since I started this law course and to learn EU law. But it's, it is a quite powerful being, of course it is. Um, and as no one really knows what goes on and how it functions, it feels like they have this, you know, um, huge, they have like a huge great power over us. And they're sort of becoming like a super state, which recently um, Juncker, the president of the EU, um, he he said he was, you know, it's not a super state, it's just 20, um, 28 states coming together. But, they, you know, they have a currency, they have a bank, they have a court, they have a parliament. Certainly sounds like a state to me. Um, but anyway, Theresa May went into these negotiations very hard and it did not go well first off. So now that she's come back after that, you know, that was like last September or something, um, when they were trying to find out, trying to organise what phase two of these negotiations was, as it were. Um, she, they, we don't know our position. She went in hard and it didn't work. So what do we do? And this is where there's a massive split at the moment because so you have the hardline of um, Brexiteers and the Tory party and the Conservatives, Boris Johnson, um, Rees Mogg, that those people, they they just want to come out. They want to come out. They do not want anything to do with the EU apart from trade. They'll trade with them, but they want to come out as soon as possible. They do not want the ECJ to have any jurisdiction over us. They want all um, sovereignty back to Parliament, you know that sort of thing. They want to, as soon as possible, open up trade um, trade agreements with other countries. But then you have on the other side um, of things, you have some Tory members, uh, members of the Tory party, but mostly um, a lot of Labour MPs saying, no, we want a softer Brexit, and a soft Brexit means we stay in the single market and customs union, very similar like a Norway agreement, right? But the problem is with that, that... They do stay in the single market, but then they have to um, buy by single market rules, which is obviously free mar um, free movement of goods, services, um, people, and capital. So, what's the point of? You know, I'm sorry, I'm even, um, rolling back. Um, one of the big things people people wanted us to control was immigration and movement of people that comes along with the as one of the four pillars of um, the single market originally three so what's the point of staying in the single market if we want to come out because of immigration it's a double-edged sword it's, it's catch-22 because i see why they want to stay in the single market because it's a massive trading uh, trading block but then if your people, if de democracy rules and um, the majority of people want to come out because of immigration and they also just want power back to back to the parliament, then I can completely understand that. I mean, the ECJ, yes. And the, um, so when, so say a case goes to the ECJ, um, the, every high court, every court in um it within each member state of the EU, they can send cases to the ECJ. Um, and when that ruling comes out, and then depending on whatever directive or regulation from the EU, or whether it is even interpreting um, member state laws, uh, EU law, three member state laws, um, they do have to follow that judgment. And the same goes for when a directive from the um, Commission Council. Uh, 
depends with the parliament as well. Um, commission usually writes it and then the council look at it. Depending what type of procedure it is, they might... I mean, it always goes through parliament, but they sometimes have to listen to the European parliament. It's, um, but I won't get into that. Um, but yeah, every time there is a directive or you know a part of a treaty is amended or something or a new regulation comes out, then each member state has to implement that. So... If you if um if you don't want that and you want to come out, um then I can completely understand that. You don't want a big legislator, you know, making you, um, legislating laws for you. But the problem is, if you come out, you have to um you have to buy or you lose uh sorry free movement of goods, which is a big trading block. So as I said, it is a catch twenty two. I mean, my opinion, I wanted to stay in mainly because we were so balls deep in after 50 years or so that anyone could see it would anyone could see it would take so long and so much money to come out um i mean i wanted to do it just cuz i wanted to travel if oh no sorry i didn't necessarily want to travel but if i if i wanted to around europe it's very easy access i mean selfishly i don't i'm not a, i don't trade with anyone in europe um you know i don't run my own business so none of the regulations necessarily directly affect me uh, excuse me. <coughs> Yawning. Sorry, it's quite quite late. Um, yeah, none of the uh, regulations affect me. I know a few of my mates who run um, small businesses, for example, um, tree surgeons. They are directly affected by the EU, um, and they essentially they just see it as quite an evil thing. But yeah, anyone could see that it would take a long time for us to come out, and a shitload of money would go into it. Um, but then. If we're coming out, I say we come out. We don't stay in the single market. We don't stay in. We don't stay in a customs union. I know Theresa May has to be said we could stay in a customs union, but the EU do not want to do that. In um, uh, what's his name? In Michael Barnier's uh, recent speech to um, the European Council, he essentially has said that. Um, uh, UK's decision to leave the single market and customs union means that they go out. They do not stay. They can't have one foot in. We're not making another deal. So Canada have a special deal with the EU, like, like it's a Canadian deal. Um, but that took nine years to negotiate. It takes a long time, and they don't want to give us that. They say you're in or you're out, which I completely understand. Um, but moving on to... Um, to the Irish problem. So a big part in the news recently has been the uh, border between Northern and Southern Ireland. Um, it, again, in Barnier's speech, he has said, and I quote, um, a UK decision to leave the single market and the customs union would make border checks unavoidable. unavoidable. So neither side want a hard border on Ireland. So at the moment, uh, because we're in the EU, you can just walk across the border, but... If we come out, of course, you can see where I'm going with this. The checks would have to happen. Passports would have to exchange hands. Now, I know there are some businesses who are on Channel 4 the other day, on BBC Radio 4, um, stating that they hold some supplies in Southern Ireland. You know, they rent some um, they rent some land there or lease some land or they get their supplies or something from Southern Ireland and they cross the border into it. Now, that would cost a shitload of money to do that if we had border checks. It make everything a lot slower as well, um, and obviously with the Good Friday Agreement um, and the the whole IRA 
problem and people wanting a united Ireland and some people not wanting united Ireland, it's quite important to keep um, what to keep tempers you know, I don't know, to keep them low, I suppose, to make everyone happy. It's definitely a problem that we that it can either go two ways or three ways. So we stay in the customs union single market and we keep borders open now. We just leave and there's a hard border or somehow David Davidson, Theresa May pull it out of their ass and they essentially somehow negotiate a really good deal where we leave, leave the um, single market custom union but then we get a soft border. I can't really see that happening. I think a hard border, border will have to happen but the UK will put regulations in place, um, UK legislation um, in place or something to make it a lot smoother and to try and keep tempers low, temp not let tempers flare. Um, but moving on to another pro um, interesting point with Brexit is the farmers. Um, the farmers have been in uh, the news today actually. Um, today is, what day is it? The 18th of February and they, they've essentially said um, we want more money, <laughs> essentially. So they, so the MPs have been, they, so farmers, they've already got their, because they, they're heavily EU sub, uh, subsidised, um, the government has told uh, the farmers union of England and, well, the UK essentially, um, that they will keep getting EU subsidiaries until 2022. Now MPs have come out and said, um, they shouldn't have a special fund as it won't as it won't help. It won't be set up to help. Lots of um, money will be taken out of that. Um, however, some uh, Tory MPs have said, "No, that's stupid. Let's do it." Um, but there's nothing. You know, farmers. They've essentially come out and said the deal we get must benefit British farmers, which is obvious. But the problem is, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but a lot of so with the EU, they pay you for doing nothing essentially. If they have um, too much of that product, so if there's too much wheat going around and it will just be wasted, they will pay you to not um, put wheat in your in your fields. That's a bloody great deal. If there's too much wheat, no, we don't want any more. We don't need any more. There's too much. Um, there's too many supplies. We'll pay you not to do that. I don't see the UK government doing that at all. And that's how a lot of these, you know, weird uh, mountain hillside farms in places like, um, uh, in places like the Lake District survive. They have all of these EU subsidiaries, and we, where are we going to get the money from? That where are we going to put them? Get that money from? Our NHS system, which has also been in use, um, is currently just under a huge amount of pressure, and it looks like it's probably partly going to be privatised at least. How are you going to get the extra money, apart from raising taxes, which no one will vote for? Um, how are you going to get the extra money to pay farmers? Increasing co uh, corporation tax from 19%? Yeah, I can see that, but how much money will you get and where will that go? Yeah, that's a problem for another podcast, though. Um, but yeah, so to round up, um, we're going back into phase two of negotiations, so it should, um, so it should hot up. No should get a bit more exciting soon. Uh, Boris Johnson's speech, go take a listen. It was very... Ugh. It was just really quite... 
it's quite hypocritical in a sense. A lot of the Labour MPs. I mean, I thoroughly recently I've thoroughly disliked Labour. I like Chuck Umana, he's cool. Um, but a lot of their a lot just a lot of their attitude is just turning very uh, it's just getting extremely liberal. Um, and it's uh, I just listened to a few of their uh, you'll hear more about this. I'll talk about more in the gender pay gap podcast, which is coming up this week. But it's you know yeah they're getting a bit a bit in control, incontrollable. They're getting out of control. Um, but the yeah, but the speeches, Boris Johnson's speech, it was just very very trying to unite people, but it's very hypocritical. Sorry, and that's what Labour and Peace have been calling it, which is fair enough actually. He, you know, he's trying to say it was a very good thing for Britain, but then he's out there promising um trying to he's telling it's a very good thing for britain but then he's over promising things as well he's saying for example 350 million to the nhs that was never going to happen people actually believed and that's the reason they voted for um to come out of the eu it's you know at least give them actual true facts give them sources of the facts so they can check out themselves um, there's more things about P- there's more I've seen on Twitter about um, people trying to uh, Remainers trying to get a second referendum or just trying to stop Brexit. I think he's called Lemmy Sorry, this dude on Twitter. I'll quickly look him up. Um, but he he's been appearing on multiple news shows, Sky News, BBC News, um, for example, trying to stop Brexit. He's saying essentially that the old people, because the majority of old people um, voted out of the EU and the majority of younger people voted in, um, the, the young vote should count for more because we're going to live with it. Um, I do not agree with this in a way, um, only because, I mean, I I agree with it that um, because we were to stay in and I am... I would call myself a Remainer, but if we're coming out, I'm a hard Brexiteer. <laughs> um, but yeah, because um, you know, I agree with it in the sense that yes, the ones who suffer the consequences should be heard more. But I think that comes down to the ones suffering the consequences. One, we should have turned up. I mean, I voted, but I know a few people who didn't. Um, and secondly, <clears throat> excuse me. And secondly. Um, it was down to the Remainers' job, and they just didn't do it well enough. Essentially, they they I think David Cameron he um, he relied on the fact that we're already in the EU and that people were already happy, but people weren't happy, and he just misjudged it. But I you, I can't get away from the fact either that democracy means that everyone has a voice, and you can't just say right one voice is bigger than the other. You can't do that. That's not democratic. That's quite yeah. That's very left wing. That's that, you know. That's essentially on on the line of um, identity politics that a lot of uh, the hard leftists are playing at the moment. Um, but yes, hear more about that in my next podcast. Uh, but yeah, summing up Brexit then. As I've said before, hotting up. It's good. Let's see what happens. Oh, I've just seen on Twitter. Uh, Femi, sorry, he's not actually called sorry, but yeah, he was on. He he's talking about. Um, I, he laid that literally laid down the law on EU immigration. Why? Because Cameron failed to get it. So essentially, what he's talking about, he's talking about Directive two thousand and three. Oh, is it two thousand three one two two thousand three? What's that regulation? Two 
I can't remember what directive is, but essentially that says if you want to come to the EU, um, you either have to have enough money to cover yourself. Well, well every EU national has the right to um, stay out up to three months, but if you want to come after that, you have to either have a job um, or you have to be looking for a job. Um, and while you're looking for a job, or if you don't have a job, you have to have the money to pay for yourself, and or either that or you have healthcare. Um, that's so you have to pay. Yeah, you have to. You can't be just. You can't just move around and go from state to state. Essentially, um, member state to member state, and just live off the public sector, which is true. But then again, I'm sure there are some exceptions. But anyway, yeah, we'll get into it another time. Um, yes, follow us on Generic Discussion. If you're listening to this, it's probably on SoundCloud. Which thank you for listening to us. Um, follow me on Chris Fods on Instagram and Mr Fotheringham on Twitter. Um, like, share, and subscribe. Listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, um, Podbean. We still on there. Pff. Don't know, not on YouTube anymore, but yeah, get at us, leave a comment, please give any more topics. As I said, I've been planning the gender pay gap stuff, um, I'm just trying to get my sources together essentially because um, I really want to make that a good one. I know this one, this podcast was a little bit waffly, um, I haven't got anything written down, I, I've just gone off the top of my head um, with about 15 minutes preparation beforehand of just looking up the recent BBC News stuff. Um, but hopefully, I can do this more. Uh, more recently, not more recent, that's stupid, what am I on about, I'm tired, I can do this more frequently, uh, so I can keep up with like, the recent uh, news cycle and give my opinion and just break it down, that sort of thing, um, for those essentially who don't have the time to do that, anyway, take care friends, and uh, yeah, please share, comment, subscribe, tell your friends about this, that's the only way we grow, cheers, bye.